And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, buddy! Act three! A very depressing act three! Got that right. Yes, Bunny, my friend, my brother, my some third thing. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film to casually stroll on into the third and final act of the show. And it is said third act, wherein we finally and eventually mosey around to discussing our all-new low-cost, low-and-fat, and now available without a prescription movie of the week! And this week... We inexplicably find ourselves praising the subtle cinematic genius of such uh, amazing directors as Tommy Wiseau and Neil Breen as we discuss the 2021 Vanity Project, Me, You, Madness. A shit title for a shit movie. Yes. To be fair, I don't want to call this a vanity project because that would be uh, a f- too cruel to the word vanity. Yes. That's can the we, film. Can we just get the synopsis right out of the way? Because it's not going to take long. Okay, so written and directed Funny. by Why Steve Mnuchin's wife. And the whole plot of the movie was, hi, I am Steve Mnuchin's wife, and I am amazing. And I kill people, and I fuck this guy. Hope you enjoy. And that was it. Yeah. That's, that, that's, was, that's, that was the that's, whole plot. Yeah, that was pretty much the entirety of the movie that you summed up right there. So, hooray. Uh, So this movie, this week's movie, is not the best movie in the world. Uh, And it definitely, because see, I said the same thing when we watched Money Plane. I am Darius Emmanuel III. What was his what, what was his nickname though? I am uh, Darius Emmanuel Third Grouch, the Rumble, and oh. I'm gonna rub the money plane. The Rumble, that was it. So so this this week's film represents exactly the sort of movies that have found themselves being released by Hollywood during the pandemic. Yes. It's exactly what Jeannie was saying in Act Two during uh, during Bunny Versus. Is that hey, movie theaters? I know you're hurting. I know that you've had a really rough time. You were ha- movie theaters were having a hard time in 2017 and 2018 and 2019. So like you were already hurting when the pandemic yeah. happened. You know, so this has been especially bad on movie theaters in Hollywood. And hey, I know you want me to come back to the movies. I know, I, I know that, but I'm not going to go to the movies if all there is to see is Tom and Jerry, The War on Grandpa, and this. Yeah. Yeah. That, of course, is a joke. This was shown in zero theaters. 
But let's let's just let's be serious a moment before diving neck deep into this shit. Yes. Uh movie theaters are the front line of the whole entertainment industry. Yes. You know, they are not making a lot of money. No. And they pay pretty shit wages. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. But there is no reason for Hollywood to be gouging them on the cost of feature films the way they have always been doing and have continued to do even after everything has gone fucking digital and now you just download this shit. It's not like they're sending you film cans anymore. That's why I want to go see Spiral because it hasn't come out as a digital release yet. Yeah. And I don't when Spiral will be available at home. So right now, you either go to a movie and see it or you uh, just wait in indefinite amount of time. Yeah. There are bootleg versions of Spiral out there, but they're all shit. Uh, like, like I was going to go see the movie Nobody in theaters, which we did a couple of weeks ago, and it's a wonderful film, yeah. but by the time I was ready to go see it, it's like, oh, if I just wait nine more days, I can see it in my living room. Yeah. But I don't know when the new Saw movie is coming out, so, like, that one, I might go to the movie theaters for. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm not sure. But, but there aren't a lot of movies like that right now. No, you know most of the movies come out like King Kong, like like Godzilla versus Kong. I had to go see that in the theater. I had to one hundred percent. I already had it waiting on my TV for the kids to watch while I traveled to the movie theater to watch the movie. <laughs> that just meant a lot to me. I have to go see. Kong, Godzilla versus Kong, and I have to see it in an IMAX theater, and I'm going to travel far and see that, and by the time I got back, the kids had watched the movie. Yeah. And that was fine to me, but and, and all of the other films, yeah, if they're available at home, I'm going to watch them at home. Yeah. But Saw isn't available at home. So, before we start taking this movie apart bit by bit, I will say that this movie does a good job of one thing. One thing. Okay. It explains Steve Mnuchin's marriage. Yes, it does. Because you would see Steve Mnuchin, which is what would happen if John Oliver got one of the creatures from Troll 2 pregnant. Yes. You'd see Steve Mnuchin. He's a human boggling's. He's a he's a real fuggo. He's got a face that says, I'm definitely a movie producer. Yes. He's got a movie producer's face. He totally does. Maybe a big casting couch, but hey, who's to say? Who's to say? He's a fuggly boglins. And then you see his attractive, skinny, blonde, young runway model of a wife and you wonder how the hell did Steve Mnuchin get this woman 
Why is she with him? And now we know why she's with him to get her uh, vanity project made. Yeah. There you go. Now everything makes sense uh, because Steve Mnuchin, he he, his dad worked for Goldman Sachs, and then he worked for Goldman Sachs, and then he was working with trust funds, and he was he he, he made like millions and billions taking care of failing companies. He 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 was in charge of like Kmart for a while and like Sears and. He wasn't like CEOs, but they were already going out of business. And here comes uh, here comes a group that is now hired to handle the dying finances of this company and make sure everyone gets paid. And Steve Mnuchin gets paid handsomely for that. He gave the Trump organization a number of loans. And yeah. so yeah. Donald Trump said, hey, you are a rich person who gave me money. What do you want from the United States government? And that's how Steve Mnuchin became the Secretary of Treasury. And uh, he's he. The thing that sucks is that uh, Steve Mnuchin wanted to get into the the Hollywood game, and they're like, "Huh, I wonder how I could become a producer." Hey, does anyone need money? And uh, nobody wanted to touch Steve Mnuchin. But then suddenly, this company comes up and says, "Hi." Uh, maybe you could give us money. See, um, everyone says this is stupid. Everyone says this is idiotic. Everyone says this is going to fail and everyone is making fun of us. But look, we think we could make a good movie with Legos. Yes. Steve Mnuchin said, here, here's a bunch of money. And that was a huge, massive hit. And then suddenly Steve Mnuchin became a very powerful executive producer in Hollywood. He helped produce Sully, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman, Mad Max Fury Road, and Tom Cruise's Edge of Tomorrow. Which I did Man. not see, but only because I read the book. It's a Japanese book called All You Need Is Kill. And that's the best fucking greatest name yeah. for, a movie, for, for a book. All you need is kill. So when they called it Edge of Tomorrow, I got really fucking pissed off. Yeah. All you need is kill is fucking awesome. So, so uh, Steve Mnuchin was a uh, like a like a a trust fund, a uh, super rich guy came from a super rich family, worked at Goldman Sachs, gave Trump uh, uh, loans and was a movie producer, suddenly turned the secretary of the treasury and he got in trouble for 2017. He was in an in, he was doing an interview with the press. Yeah. And I said earlier in the podcast, he got in trouble for promoting a movie as the Secretary of Treasury, and you would never guess what movie it is. And he's doing an interview with everyone, and he's like, I'm the Secretary of the Treasury. I do money things. I know business. Business, business, business. Yes. Uh, any questions? Okay, I'm answering questions. Business, money. I am very smart. So that's it for my time here. And uh, I would also like to take this time to say to all of the families in America... Take your children to see the Lego Batman movie. Come coming out this Friday. Yes. And then people came real along and said, um, 
that's fucking illegal. <laughs> you promote your movies when you're the secretary of the fucking treasury. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. So we got in trouble for promoting the Lego Batman movie. I think that's so fucking hilarious. So it makes sense for this Hollywood producer guy to have a vapid trophy wife. You know? It yes. makes sense. That's the one good thing about this movie is that that's, that's it. That, okay. Okay. That makes sense. That yes, makes sense. I was upset to learn that the star was actually born in Scotland, so she's not doing a horrible accent. That's just how she sounds. Wasn't that fucked up? Wasn't that yeah, fucked was up? up? I was literally, I was literally, we, we were talking about it. Like, she has the fucking worst fake worst. accent I have ever heard in my life. And I had to IMDb, and and you know, and Jeannie was like, was like, is this really Steve Mnuchin's wife? And I was like, you know, I didn't actually go and fact check it myself, and I'm kind of curious, but you know, so I just looked her up in IMDb, and yes, she totally is. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and I 100%. ran across she's Scottish, and I was like. How the fuck does that happen? Yeah, How can yeah, that's you be Scottish and do a bad Scottish accent at the same time? And when you look at the end credits of this film, it says no animals were harmed in the making of this film. I call bullshit on that. I think she ate the spider. Yeah. I think she ate the spider. Yeah. That's just my theory. That's just the theory. Uh, So this is a 2021 movie. It came out in February. Yeah. Where movies go to die. Um, It was written, produced, directed, and stars Louise Linton a Scottish-born socialite whose family owns Melville Castle in Scotland. So she was born to a fucking rich-ass family. Uh, Yeah. She wrote the script, which we should give her credit for, because it must have been hard for her to go, American psycho, but a woman. Yeah. Oh, what an original take. Hashtag girl boss. (laughs) This movie isn't vapid because that would be too cruel to the word vapid. This feels less like a movie and more just like a brag. Yes. Yes. This is just had this had bragging. this movie been titled 50 Reasons Why I Hate Rich People, you might have kind of got me to buy in a little. Yeah. But no, this is just you. This is why this yeah. is why I can't help comparing it to the room. And I'm sorry, I think the room just needs to become a new standard. Yeah. Okay, so let just me tell like you the, just what? like the room, when you're watching the room, you know that this whole story was some chunk out of Tommy Weasel's life. 
Yeah. And therefore, Tommy Wiseau is always right in every single scene. And he's the good guy. And he's the one that everything is put upon and everything else. I mean, it's still incredibly Tommy Wiseau-centric. But yeah. Tommy Wiseau tried to tell a story. Yes. So it was a bad story. He's still, you know, in very much the Woodyan way, you can see Tommy Wiseau's heart in the room. Yeah. You know? Whereas this piece of shit, (laughs) which I think I have to give a a three-room rating, Okay. Ooh, that's a nice rate. So this is, is the a nice room rate. raised exponentially to three. So it's room, the room cubed, okay, is what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. This was all about her and how my, how amazing my rich ass life is. Mm-hmm. You know, I have never seen like, you know, I mean, okay, so Tommy's telling, so everybody's a hero in their own story. And that's all Tommy did. Yes. But like she elevated herself like past sanity at, oh, look at how awesome I am. And every single yeah. fucking scene was just self-serving pieces of shit absolutely absolutely and it's like we know the person who made this got money because the soundtrack is great and i hate it yeah you can afford actual music well that's also part of the the music also was part of what drove me to imdb because i was like how fucking old are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's in her forties. <laughs> Let's get that out there. Yeah. So let me explain the exact reason why this movie was made. Okay. Uh, the star of the film, Louise Linton, had a really bad 2017. Yeah. So in the beginning of 2017, people, you know, Steve Mnuchin is now the the Secretary of the Treasury. And uh, people, you know, people are saying, hey, Donald Trump, you need to, you know, divest your business role. If you're going to be the secretary, if you're going to be the president, you can't be in charge of your businesses. Fine. I, I give them, I step down from my business roles and now my sons are in charge of business. And everyone's like, that doesn't really count, but whatever. So then they went to Steve Mnuchin and said, hey, you're still the CEO of Dune Entertainment, which is a film company. You can't, if you're going to be the secretary of the treasury, you need to step down as the CEO of Dune Entertainment, formerly Rat Pack Entertainment, which was owned by uh, Brett Ratner. 
Okay. Uh, so it's like this. Oh, is doesn't amazing. that just kind of figure? I mean, like who? Yeah. Who would you yeah, be buddying up to? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So so you got to step down, Steve Mnuchin, and he says, "Fine, I step down as the CEO of Dune Entertainment. Here is my replacement, my wife Louise." Yeah. And so everyone started attacking her. And it's like, you're married to him. You can't take over his business. He's the secretary of the treasury. This is bad. Uh, a member of the, the Senate Finance Committee started questioning whether this was legal. And there were like hearings. And so she eventually resigned as CEO in 2017. Okay. But that wasn't all. In August, she posted a picture of her and her husband on a trip to Fort Knox yes. on a U.S. government plane using hashtags on Instagram to show all her designer clothing. Hashtag Gucci, hashtag whatever, fucking Louis Vuitton, whatever the fuck. And so people started criticizing her. Where it's like, hey, you're on a government plane and you're dressed like super rich. That's not cool. And she and she started attacking people who were attacking her on Instagram. Oh, you're so adorably out of touch. How dare you? How dare you say I didn't pay my fair share? I pay so much in taxes. How dare you? And that became this big stink in the media. And yeah. then everyone attacking her so she had to publicly apologize and yada 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 but then but then the government started looking in and it's like wait a second why is steve mnuchin and his wife um on a government issue plane traveling somewhere is steve mnuchin using his position for personal gain and he said no of course not i was traveling to fort knox on business i'm the secretary of the treasury and this is all business related but then it turns out that he was just saying that that he actually planned to go to fort knox because fort knox was on the path of the solar eclipse oh happened and Trump was a dumbass and was looking at it with his blind naked eyes. Yeah. yeah. Steve Mnuchin and his wife said they were going to Fort Knox when in fact they were just going to look at the clips on yeah. government. You know, that cost America. We paid for that trip. <laughs> so people were pissed at her for that. So that's two horrible uh, things yes. that happened in the same year but uh three months later uh uh so steve mnuchin and his wife go to fort, not to fort knox but to wherever wherever they print the money right yeah because oh uh steve mnuchin he is the secretary of the treasury and in on money that is printed in 2017 it, it, you know, like, let me grab a dollar. I think I have a dollar. There you go. And it says here, 
Series 2013, and there is the signature of the Secretary of the Treasury in 2013. So in 2017, they were printing new bills, and Steve Mnuchin got his name on some of our currency. And so him and his wife held up the first sheet of dollar bills with Steve Mnuchin's name on it. And the press was there, and they were taking pictures. And the media went nuts over the fact that she is there in, like, a leather outfit and a fur coat and like nice designer gloves that are all black and everyone started calling her Cruella DeVille because that's yeah. exactly what it looked like and people started freaking the shit out about it and I and so that has to be why she makes this movie because they're like oh America hates me they think it sucks honey I'm gonna make a movie where I'm horrible but and I'm like a murderer because everyone hates me but I'm gonna show them my life is so much better than them. That is why this movie is made. Yes. It is direct response to people in the press and in the media realizing, oh, hey, this is a horrible person. So this movie was made as a direct response to that. And fuck this movie. Yes. And she was a horrible person. She was a horrible oh, she person. Was a, yeah, she's a horrible every person. inch of this movie. Yeah, the only person I liked was the n- guy who did nails. <laughs> he was in it for five seconds. He's the only person I like in this film. Yeah. Oh my god! And how many fucking languages did she speak? Ah, uh, yeah. I would quote some bad lines, but there's just nothing in this that is in any way worth repeating in any fashion. But again, our introduction to that guy who did nails was her berating him over the phone because she chipped a fucking nail. You know? And that was the introduction to the nail guy because she's just that fucking privileged. Like the goddamn super Karen. Yeah. 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 Uh, check to see if uh, if things will if is it magnetic? No. Did you try putting no, magnets on it? Okay. But it's cold. Yeah, cold, 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 warm as hell. Right where you got the shot. Yeah, that's probably Bill Gates trying to get you to marry him. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but if the place where you got the shot is hot, then you know. Are you getting radio frequencies? Are you getting a sudden desire to use Bing, the one true search engine? Oh, malfunctioning chip. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's, maybe the place where you got your vaccine being hot is the reason why the internet went out during SHAP. Yeah, that's just science. Miskel Spillman. Miskel Spillman. Yeah, this movie, I feel that this movie that that maybe I would like it more if I was a one percenter. Yeah, like 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 what Entourage was to bros, what Joker was to angry white boys. This week's movie is to the ultra rich who think that their money makes them better than us. Yes. When the revolution happens, 
funny. And people uh, from the 1% start getting beheaded. I'm going to offer up the Mnuchin Linton family, all hypothetically. Yes. And when the mob asks, why should we? I'll just put this movie on, and 24 minutes in, when Louise Linton is making out with a decapitated head, the mob will already be lighting the pitchforks. Yes. At least Tommy Wiseau is entertaining. Again, Tommy Wiseau tried. Like, like you could see love in the room. Whereas, where this whole movie is about love me. Like loving her, yeah. like, like like instead of instead of an artist of any level radiating their love down into the work, she's yeah. putting out the work to like absorb more. Yes, that was a really great analogy. Yes, that was really good. Yeah. That's that is why it's the room cubed. Yeah. It is at least uh, James James Nguyen's Birdemic is funny when you're high. Yes. At least Neil Breen's heart was in it. Damn it! Exactly. This week's movie is just a total fucking shit show. It's like it's interesting in a way. Because you see Neil Breen, you watch Double Down, we did for the podcast, yes. amazing. Las Vegas hacker uh, who eats cans of beans in his car. Tuna. Tuna. Yeah, tuna. And uh, you go, this is a bad movie, but it's fun and it's funny and his heart was in it. But... Um, Imagine if he had $150 million to make that movie. Yes. But but since I'm no. glad you brought that up, though. I mean, yes, it looks beautiful. But still, I get the feeling that this is still shot independent style. And this is all just her house. Yeah, this is probably her house. <laughs> I mean, it looks beautiful. Money was spent here. Yeah, but like she was still just, throughout the movie, guys. she was just switching in and out of rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it really made me think that, like, if Neil Green had a hundred million dollars to make Double Down, it would look professional, but it would still be shit. Like, Me You Madness looks flashy and it's colorful. It's very neon. And yeah. the lighting is nice, and it's got some crane shots, and, and it looks professionally made, but money can't solve this movie. Neil Breen's $100 million budgeted double down would still be shit. Yes. And that's this film to a T. If Neil Breen were a one percenter, you know, money can't solve this movie. But he would still get points in trying to tell a fucking story. Oh, yeah. I would much rather have Neil Breen's nonsensical story than this one that makes sense, but it just, it's flat. It doesn't go anywhere. No. We get it. We've already seen this movie before. Yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, it's nice boots. 
nice car. Good fucking God. Scene after scene is like that. And everything that she has to say is just self-aggrandizing crap. And everything she has and yeah. to say about anybody else is derogatory. So even the love yeah. angle is finding yeah. somebody that she doesn't treat as big a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, this movie I mean, is she just still a does, piece but... of shit. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. No. Fuck this movie. Fuck Louise Linton. Fuck Steve Mnuchin. Mike Pence officiated their wedding. See, here is the text that you would get from her. Okay, like. Bring home caviar, you piece of shit, lol. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the be the, the kind last, of text. The last 35 minutes where they're just fighting in the house is just embarrassing yes. to watch. Just absolutely embarrassing. So, okay. So I want to finish our discussion of this week's film with a reminder of the last of, of when we first mentioned this woman. Okay. But, but, but I also want to say everybody does need to watch this. There were flashes briefly of like, okay, this might've been better but was still horrible. If she didn't write and direct this, then this could have been something. (laughs) You know, like if she didn't write it herself, if she got professional writers to write her movie and got an actual director to direct it, this could have been something, but it had to be a vanity project all about her, all done by her. And the movie suffers because of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but, I I agree. I, I basically hear what you're saying. If she didn't write, direct, or star in this movie, it would be a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for agreeing with me. And in fact, I think if if we take that front to the extreme, okay. Uh huh. And actually picture the movie. Without her, so the camera shots would still go from scene to scene the way it always has, but there would be nobody in it. Then you can at least appreciate how well it was shot, and it would be a better movie. Yeah. 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 Like if we could just digitize her out. Just directly digitize her out of the movie and watch the movie again. I bet you it would still be a better movie. Yeah, we take Nataro the shit out of it. (laughs) There was some actor that was in, that was cast in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, but Zack Snyder didn't like them. So they just, they, hired comedian 
comedian Tig Notaro had her do everything on a green screen and digitally added her into the film. Really? Over the actor that they had originally hired. So we just need to get somebody in a green screen and just put them over this film. Even that would make it a better film. Well, you, you, you know who my choices would be. Uh, Mitchell Spillman? As of, as of late. No, no, I, I, I say you replaced her. And we might as well get rid of the boyfriend, too. And let's get Barbara yeah. Starr in there. Oh, wonderful. Every movie is better with Barb and Star in it. But the color scheme that she went for in this movie is kind of a Barb and Star color scheme. I think they yes. need to get in there and they need yeah. to get involved. Yeah, like everything's a fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Everything is better with Barb and Star. Best movie of the year. Love yes. that movie. So much. So I I would even I would even be curious if she could stay in the movie with Barb and Star. If Barb and Star can elevate this movie in spite of her. We're gonna Tom and Jerry this bitch. <laughs> Because they made an animated movie so bizarre. Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And what they do is they anim they make an animated remake of the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, except now Tom and Jerry are with the kids going into the Chocolate Factory. It's just the exact same movie, except now every once in a while, Tom and Jerry are in it. We do that with Barb and Star for every movie now. <laughs> Barb and Star and nobody. Oh, well, he's he's a killer. You're going to have to watch it with him. He's a killer. He well, just okay. This whole factory. See, now I, I just kind of I just kind of introduced the room scale of bad movies, and I think it's a good scale, but I think there's potential in the Barb and Star scale that that scale would be like how much more Barb and Star do you need to add to a movie to make the movie watchable? I can't I can't get the image out of my head of the room and we're on the roof of the building and the door opens up and it's just the two of them. He didn't hit her. He didn't. I can't believe she would say that. I know it's BS. It's bull. He, didn't he did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Yes. And they say it together. Oh, hi, Mark. And And Trish thinks he did it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what a funny story, Mark. I'm sorry, I've got to go. It's time for Talking Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine her at least mom? <laughs> Can't 
sir. <laughs> oh my god, did you hear? Uh, Lisa's mom has cancer. <laughs> it's breast cancer. It's definitely breast cancer. Yes, I am liking this. Oh my this. goodness. You have... Oh my god, you have breast cancer? You know where you should go? Vista Del Mar. <laughs> Wonderful. This is so good. Oh my god, there's birds in the sky. What should we hit them with? I don't have anything. Do you have any weapons? I don't have any weapons. Oh, we have our coat hangers. Let's you know what? This is crazy, but let's just use the coat hangers in the sky against the birds. <laughs> Great idea. Great yes. idea. Yes. Just put Marvin Star in everything. Yes. God, that's so good. Okay, so we've discussed Louise Linton before in a news-smattering segment. In 2016, Louise Linton published a harrowing memoir, which we have discussed on the podcast, about her time volunteering in Africa when she was 18. The book was called In Congo Shadow. One Girl's Perilous Journey to the Heart of Africa. And it was billed as, quote, the inspiring memoir of an intrepid teenager who abandoned her privileged life to travel to Zambia as a gap year student, where <laughs> she found herself inadvertently caught up in the fringes of the Congolese War. Hey, you know the civil war that is going on deep in the heart of Africa? What if we told that story through a rich-ass white woman's point of view? <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about the Congolese War, but you know what the problem is about telling the story of the Congolese War? Where are the white people? Thankfully, Louise <laughs> Linton is here to save us. So she oh, the, made her. Oh, the violence. The, the violence that I have seen. The horrible bloodshed. All right in front of my hotel window. Yeah. She made herself the central character in a story about African genocide. Oh, I can't imagine what these barbarians would do to an angel haired white woman such as myself. Uh, sometimes, there was a massive uproar of sometimes in trying to help I'll throw down bandages and day old pastries from my balcony from my suite yeah yes. she uh, she got a, a section of her book published in the Telegraph newspaper in Europe, and it caused a massive firestorm of controversy. There was a massive uproar. The Zambian Observer news story called it, quote, the whitest story of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and she bowed to public pressure and stopped selling her book. Now, if only she would do it with this week's movie, we would all be fine. But she's not going to. 
But yeah. literally, she caused such a controversy that she made this movie as like, oh yeah, we'll wait till you see my movie. But that's the thing. No one's seeing this movie. No. No. No one is. No, but we may be forever scarred. Yeah, yeah. There are, like, I have an 80s playlist on my phone. I do not want to touch that playlist for a very long time. Oh, see, now that's just sad. See, you should be able to sue for that. This film has hurt so many songs for me now. I would would have to say... I would have to say that that is traumatic, traumatic symptoms. I kept wanting to say traumatic trauma. (laughs) I have post-traumatic Mnuchin syndrome. Yes. From watching this week's movie. Now I can't day bow bow anymore. What? Thank you for asking, Maxwell. It's a song from the 80s. Yeah, that pissed me off, too. Day bow bow. Now I can't day bow bow anymore, because this woman ruined it. But this is kind of the end of the evolution of that song, isn't it? I mean, this is what that song has always literally represented. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. But yeah, that's all I've got for this week's movie. It's shit. It's absolute shit. Yeah, but that but that definitely does put a hurting on Ferris Bueller's Day Off and uh, the Secret of My Success Absolutely. with Michael J. Fox and other great yeah. Debow Bow movies. Other great Debow Bow movies. Day Bow Bow got its name from a specific episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Where, where someone's talking about, hey, what do you, I'm just, I'm pretending to work at this company, just like Michael J. Fox and the secret of my success. And they're like, wait, have you seen all of the secret of my success? Well, I've watched most of it. He pretends to be an executive. He rises up the ranks and then Day Bow Bow. What's Day Bow Bow? <laughs> oh, you know, Day Bow Bow. Day Bow Bow. <laughs> Day bow bow, and they all start singing it, and so that was the high point. This movie is the low point for Day Bow Bow. I'm very, yes. I'm very disappointed. Yes. Oh, it pisses me off that they used the "She's a Maniac." God damn it, Dryer! Shut up! Second time. It's because we're doing this on a Sunday. That's laundry day, so it's difficult. If anything, yes. yeah. It, it, it's fine, but I don't even know what else. They use She's a Maniac. And it was originally written, that song was originally written for like a horror movie, but they decided not to use it for the horror movie. But then it's like, hey, Footloose needs a song. Here you go. She's a maniac on the floor and she's dancing like she's never danced before. It was a song about a serial killer. We can easily make it about dancing. And now it's gone back to being a song about a serial killer. And I'm <laughs> So, yes. yeah. Um, hopefully there's a sequel where she's caught and is put in, in the chair. <laughs> I would like that. Make it into a true crime sequel and she gets the death penalty and we all get to watch her be killed. I would pay for that. I would pay I'd for buy that, that for a dollar. 
yeah. I would pay for that too. Yeah. Next week, we're I mean, doing do, something... do you realize that this is a person that Har- that Paris Hilton thinks yeah. needs to tone it down some? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this 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 movie stars a woman that Tara Reid says, "Man, she's an idiot." <laughs> Don't mind me. Keep talking. It's like Tara Reid, and it's like, well, I could do Sharknado 6 or Me You Madness. I'm definitely doing Sharknado 6 because I have standards. That's this movie. That's Me You Madness. So uh, Bunny is gone. He has left me, and I am hurt. I am very hurt. He uh, needs... To go to the bathroom. I just realized because I'm looking at the screen right here. I drew myself. I'm pretty good at drawing myself, and that's a pretty good drawing of me. And then Bunny drew himself. I'm not sure why he drew himself as a hot dog on a stick employee. But hey, he's working at hot dog on a stick. Good for you. It's an it's an honest day's work, Bunny. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm fine with that. So uh, really happy to have said this while Bunny wasn't here. So let's talk about what we're doing next week. It's a concept episode that, that I think is brilliant. We're going to be doing a double feature next week. And just to be clear, we're not discussing Goodfellas. We will be discussing Goodfellas and the sequel, which came out a month before Goodfellas. Yes. That is what we are talking about. Because the author of the book, Wise Guy, Nicholas Pileggi, I think is his name, he wrote the book Wise Guy that the movie Goodfellas was based on. But him and his wife, both interviewed Henry Hill, the mobster, and the husband was interviewing him for his book idea, and the wife was interviewing him because this would be a good comedy movie. So he released his book first, and she's still working on the movie and getting it off the ground. Yeah. Then they decide to make a movie about his book, but then they... And, but then the wife gets the movie made, and the movie comes out a month before the movie based on her husband's book. So technically, Goodfellas 2 came out before Goodfellas. It's a Steve Martin movie, and we're watching the both of them together. If yes. anything, I want to talk more about the Steve Martin movie than I want about Goodfellas. It's a great movie. Goodfellas is a good film, and I don't have much to add about that. I want to talk about Goodfellas in relationship to a Rick Moranis film. So should we watch this chronologically order or release order? Goodfellas, then My Blue Heaven, canonically. So, yeah, because Goodfellas ends with, now I'm in the witness protection program. I got to wait in line at the supermarket like a schmuck. After that, it's Steve Martin as him at the supermarket. Yeah. Trying to live life in the suburbs. It is a literal sequel. Do you have arugula? 
I have never seen my blue heaven. No? No, I've seen Goodfellas like a bajillion times. But I've never seen my blue heaven. I don't know why, but I never ended up seeing it. And I saw everything Steve Martin did back then. I have no idea why I never saw my blue heaven. It is weird. But we're watching it now, so it'll be a blind watch for me. But Goodfellas, then my blue heaven. I, I haven't put them on our shared cough cough, but I will if you need them. Uh, just my blue heaven. I don't that, have that. That's fine. I've, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a decent sized my blue heaven. But that's what we're doing next week—a double feature. And then after that, we're becoming bottoms. Yes. With our look at the IMDb bottom one hundred, the one hundred worst rated films according to IMDb. Me, you madness isn't even on there. Really? The film's worse than Yeah. Well, see, that's why coming into this this summer, that's kind of why I wanted I want some kind of legitimate scale, the room scale or the Barb and Star scale, you know, room scale so people great. can understand like as we watch the bottom movies uh, I don't think I finished letting you explain it. Uh, we can rate them in terms of how much, how much better or worse are they than the room? Yeah. Oh wait, three point nine, three point eight, three point seven. <coughs> yeah. Uh, it should be on the bottom one hundred. Uh, because uh, the 100 worst movie has a 3.9 out of 10, and that's the Madonna film Swept Away. Uh, Me, You, Madness currently has a 3.6. So this, so this is the type of film that we will be watching. Okay, the 20. If it's on that, if it's on that list, then this viewing counts. Okay, I'm surprised that the remake of Black Christmas is on there. It's not that bad. Yeah. Wait a second. You mean to tell me that the remake of Black Christmas is number 77, but Batman and Robin is number 78? You mean to tell me that the remake of Black Christmas is worse than Batman and Robin? What? Batman and Robin is a beautiful, misunderstood movie. Uh, we all know your feelings about Batman and Robin Bunny. It makes me smell the rug and my toy cars. It makes me smell my coloring book. Ugh, fucking. And George Clooney's got a nice ass. What can I say? I still, I still say. And Joel Schumacher's coffin should have had nipples on it. Yeah. I'm still, I still believe that. But that's next week. A double feature, Goodfellas and a Steve Martin comedy. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited about this. And then after that, we, we, we do nothing but bottoming. Oh, so I'm good. excited about next week. Next week, we will also be talking about uh, things to do in Kent, Ohio. We're going to be taking a look at cops and uh, the famous author who wrote a werewolf novel that uh, will never be released. So that's next week. 
But now that I'm looking back fondly at the memories of this week, uh, Neil Breen, Miskel Spillman, Greg Pence, Mitchell's Corn Palace in South Dakota. I got to say, I think this has been a uh, pretty good episode of the podcast, if I do say so myself. And damned educational, too. And educational, yes. Yes. Very educational. Yeah. This has been a good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I, I'm glad that you said that. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to step on your toes because I feel like you're the person who makes that distinction and not me. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Eleanor and Maxwell and Natasha and everybody else in this house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. I was worried you'd run into that. And you do truffles and poopy And you Superman's great time to clean out the closet. Nice. Skitty pop a doo-wow. Cut and print. Cut and print.